I am Ben Doc Askins, the psychedelic science war storyteller, and this is the Anti-Hero's Journey Podcast. Hey everybody, Doc here. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want it to be possible for me to continue to make it, then I'm going to need you to go to my store at antiheroesjourney.com and buy my audiobook and my ebook in one of the many translations available, or go to shop and pick out some of my stuff t shirts and hats and pet bandanas and bikinis and scented candles and all sorts of nonsense, all the things you could ever want and never need, and get 10% off with the code all caps FRIEND10. Go to antiheroesjourney.com and use the code, all caps, FRIEND10, to get 10% off anything that you could ever want there. I appreciate your support. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. What is up, all you anti-heroes out there? This is Doc Askins bringing you another one of my Q5 podcast episodes where I ask my five favorite questions to some really awesome people, and they are kind enough to take the time to answer them. They're the kinds of questions that I often use in preparation for ketamine-assisted psychotherapy in my practices, and today I've got with me Dr. Andrea Lucy. She is from On the Red Path. She has a PhD in mind-body medicine and a history of studying in the liberal arts, anthropology, sociology, therapeutic recreation, and health and fitness. Her resume is as long as both of my arms, but I'm not going to run through all of that. I'm going to give her the chance to tell her story her way. Andrea, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Likewise. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's get the ball rolling here with question number one, everybody's (laughs) favorite. What's your story? My story is such a long story. At the same time, it's very short. I was born in Chile, in the south of Chile. I was raised by my grandparents, who were curanderos, healers, or shamans, whatever you want to call them. And I was with them until I was about 11 years old. That was my initiation to this, what is my path now to work with, with people that is looking for healings. So many things happened along the way, but I ended up in the United States 30 years ago. You wouldn't believe that because of my accent, right? I still have such a horrible accent. Uh-huh. <laughs> <But> I can, <laughs> it's a beautiful I can accent. Help. Yeah. I try. And I was in the U.S. for about 30 years, 29 of those or 28 of those working with the military. And in the middle of the pandemic, I decided to move to Mexico to serve my military community doing these healing retreats with sacred medicine. I prefer not to call them psychedelic, or I just call them sacred medicine. And I moved here to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, so I can actually do this traditional medicine. And and that's what I do now. It's a long story, but it's short. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll we'll, uh, we'll expand on it here a little bit together, okay? okay? Tell me a little bit more about being raised by two curanderos. My goodness, I'm curious (laughs) about what that must have been like. Yeah, well, back then, I didn't know. I was about five years old when my mom took me to my grandparents because she was a single mom working in Santiago, the capital. So that's that's how I grew up, seeing my grandparents, my abuela and tata, grandmother and tata, he's my grandfather. 
And so to me, that was normal, the type of medicine they, they, they offered to the community. It was a small community of um, indigenous people, most of them descendants of the Mapuche lineage, which is the, the, the tribe in the south of Chile. And I observed them doing different rituals, working with, uh, with plants, with herbs. And also it was a syncretism of, you know, Catholic religion with the native beliefs. So it was just observing different ways of healing that to me was absolutely normal. I just, I left when I was almost 12 years old. I went back to Santiago. And then, only then, I began the process of adjusting to a different culture because of my childhood basically was with my grandparents who were these healers of the community. And one of my uncle, which was my grandmother's older brother, I believe was older, he was the sobador. So the sobador is the person that actually put the bones together or fix any kind of injuries, like sprains or strains in the soft tissue and obviously the bones as well. So I, I grew up in this family. And I didn't realize what a beautiful gift I had until many years later. I would say probably back in 2009 when I moved to work at with the Wounded Warrior Battalion with the Marine Corps in Bethesda and Walter Reed. Then, just then, I began thinking about my roots and how I needed to get back to that. So I never put those two things together. Okay, here is my... my background with my ma my grandmother and my tata and then here is me going to college getting another you know graduate degree becoming a, a PhD in my body medicine to uh, to help people to heal especially in my community which is the military community I didn't realize that I was going back to my roots tell me about how I mean that's beautiful that you kind of circled away and circled back to your roots but it came through connecting with the uh, wounded warriors with uh, Marsoc right how did you get involved with the Raiders also oh, the Raiders came after so before okay since 1994 I was working at the Marine Corps base Camp Lejeune North Carolina and I was actually working in health and fitness but then seeing around 2005 how awful the actual treatment possibilities available available back then, they were so inadequate for the Marines and sailors. I partnered with some people from the Naval Hospital and we work with a program called Back on Track, which provided you know, treatment for Marines and sailors diagnosed with PTSD and TBI. That's how I actually transitioned from health and fitness into actually working with wounded warriors. So since then, I started creating programs that were all inclusive for this wounded, injured, and ill Marines and sailors. But in 2009 is when I actually went to work for the Wounded Warrior Detachment in Bethesda. And then I was working exclusively with Marines and sailors that were, you know, either in Walter Reed or Bethesda. And then a year later, I moved to the NICO, the National Intrepid Center of Excellence. So my transition was in 2005 to 2006 from health and fitness into that rehabilitation and mental health, both. And then once I was back in Bethesda, I was only doing mental health and, and this holistic approach of medicine. I didn't work with the Raiders until 2015. 
So I left in 2014. I went to Mexico. I came to Mexico and I embedded myself with a group of natives following them around here in Jalisco and Nayarit doing ceremonies with them because I wanted to get back to my roots, but I wanted to really learn about shamanic healing and spiritual healing. To me, I, I am concerned with spiritual healing, not curing a disease and not providing conventional treatments and medicine. So I left NICO and I came here in 2015, 14. When I went back to the United States in 2015, I went back to North Carolina. That's when I started working with the Raiders. Okay, that fills in a whole lot of gaps for me. I really I appreciate you uh, connecting the dots for me on all of that. No, I mean, NICO is wonderful. I've been to some NICO centers and the the medicine, uh, you know, their approach is cutting edge in a whole bunch of ways. So it's beautiful that they're they're doing that for the wounded warriors that are out there. However, I want to hear more about this spiritual teaching, shamanic uh, history that you've got, this mind-body medicine piece. What would you be willing to tell me about that? Oh, so much. It's mind-body-spirit. Uh, so when I was at working with the detachment in Bethesda, these beautiful older gentlemen came looking for one of his nephew's friend. His nephew was a Marine. I think he was with Ace Marine and the unit got blown up. And so this gentleman, Uncle Henry, came to Bethesda looking for his nephew's friends who were actually in Bethesda and Walter Reed. And since I was with the detachment, I, you know, I greeted him and it was like, we are instant friends. One of those things that, have you ever had a connection with somebody that's from, from here? It's not from here. We are like connected already. And, and that happened with Uncle Henry. And he was about 90 years, 89 years old back then. Cute little old man. I absolutely love him. And he saw something in me. I definitely saw something in him. And we became really good friends. And he was actually a Lakota a spiritual leader and who lived right outside Baltimore. Can't remember the name of the place. So he had a big piece of land outside Baltimore. A Likot City, I think it's called. And so he invited me and he said, you're going to come to my farm and I'm going to teach you the Lakota way of healing. So you can't say no to that. I mean, I was so excited anyways. Yeah, that's amazing. So, and I was doing my, you know, my PhD and in, in my mind it was, okay, so the weekends is for my homework. You know, I have to read, I have to write. But then again, here is this man who is teaching me important, beautiful things about the Lakota ways of healing. So I kind of split my time going there on weekends and, and he's the one who brought me back to my heart to realizing that I needed to learn more about spiritual healing and that I needed to get back to my roots and that I needed to let go of everything that I was holding on, which was my beautiful, amazing job with Naiko. But I needed to let go of these things in the ego and, and learn with my heart the spiritual ways of healing. So Uncle Henry is the one that I have to give credit for tickling my curiosity. And he taught me so many beautiful things. He's the one that introduced me to swell lodges, vision quests, sand dance. And I spent with him maybe a year and a half, maybe a year, before actually I decided to leave and, and let go of everything. You know, I was married back then to a Marine. So no longer married, left Nico, left my house, packed my car and moved to Mexico in search of that 
I don't want to call it knowledge because when I think knowledge is in my mind, but the knowing is in my heart. So just following my heart and, and learning about what does it mean to heal spiritually. And that's what I did. Came down to Mexico for about 10 months and did this just that. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> wow. Strategic navigators reduced my income tax bill by over 50%. These guys save entrepreneurs anywhere from 40 to 60% on their income taxes. Click the link in the description to schedule a call and see what these guys can do for you. If you enjoy paying as much as possible in taxes, then just ignore everything I just said. You've woven together so many different traditions from you know east west north and south there's just all the directions on the compass rose there and you know the the scientific research piece on heart rate variability that you've uh you know participated in on one end and then being out on the lakota reservation with uh you know uncle henry there being i mean you've been everywhere at least once right yeah, and actually I was very ashamed that I, I felt that I, why couldn't I be like, stay in my lane, learn one thing and stay there and and be an expert on that. But then I was all over the place. I, I was health and fitness and then I am going into, well, I started with psychology. No, I moved to anthropology and then sociology, liberal studies. And I'm like going all over the place and I was ashamed that I couldn't keep back then, you know, my mind on track in one subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Uncle Henry showed me, I remember in one of our conversations, he started quoting the Buddha and the Bhagavad Gita. And I was like, Uncle Henry, he's a Lakota, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, medicine man, and, and he's quoting this, and he's actually meditating. It's like, he can do it, I guess it's okay for me. And, and because I thought, how can you mix you know, Native American and yoga and meditation yeah. and yeah. soil lodges. Yeah, it's almost like all of the lines are arbitrary lines and all of the distinctions are imaginary or something. Yeah, but that, that's just, you know, the stuff that we have learned and we have floating in the subconscious mind in the traditional educational setting. You know, you're supposed to straight line one subject and master it. Why? Yeah, it's almost like you just couldn't possibly have fit in any of the boxes that they tried to put you in, huh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's it wasn't beautiful. enough. It's too small. <laughs> yeah, what a beautiful story. I'm, I am absolutely certain that there's immensely more going on in your story than that, but I appreciate as much as you were willing to share there. Usually I uh, roll into the second question right about now. We talked some about where you've been and your past, mm -hmm. and I want to ask you about your intentions and where you're headed. Mm -hmm. mm. My intentions, my first intention when I actually left the system, as I call it, because I, I was working at the University of Colorado at the Marcos Institute for Brain Health, and that was a real system. I was blown away how much red tape there is at the university. So that was a little box for me. I spent two and a half years there, and I'm, I'm grateful for the beautiful people that I met there, but it, I had to get out of the box. So my intention was to become a beach bomb, to erase so much of these system conditioning and these patterns that I have still in my brain and I pretty much a slave of this is the way it's supposed to be. 
So I spent literally like eight months being a beach bum with the intention to truly find my path and to honor that path and to be true to my path. Once that I found that, that I was brave enough to follow it, to let go, attachment to money, attachment to things, and then just live my life with intention and purpose, that's my intention. And beyond that, once that I started creating these retreats for, for service members, veterans, families, and first responders, it's just to guide other people to also find the true path, find their own way to healing, find their true self, to remember who they truly are, to find their true essence. But I'm not teaching anybody, you know, I feel like I'm partnering with them and kind of guiding them a little bit. So that's my intention, just to partner with other people that is in pain, that is suffering, that is searching for healing, that is searching for their path, their purpose. That's my intention, to guide them to find their way. A very healing intention that you're setting for partnering with other people, yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah. I think, that, I think that's a beautiful yeah. intention, yeah. And, and by doing this, honoring, honoring the sacred medicine, honoring the tradition, honoring the old ways of offering the medicine. That, that's a big one for me. Yeah, bringing the past up to date and into the future with your intentions. Is that? Yeah, pretty much. Making yeah, those connections much. and being the bridge, like Maps likes to say, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're the yeah. bridge. That's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. I ask about stories because that's about the past, and I ask about intentions because so that's kind of projecting out into the future. And I think one of the best bridges that we can make in terms of our emotions and intentions is gratefulness. So stitching together the past and the future, what are you grateful for? Mm. I am so grateful for the life that I have, for everything that I have lived, I truly believe that there is a path. You have to find your way to walk that path. I am grateful for my path. I'm grateful to the great spirit that actually lift the veil of my, my mind and, and I am able to see where I need to be and where I need to go. I am grateful that I am capable now of flowing through without being hysterical about what's going to happen next or creating too many plans or getting too attached to things that happened to me or things that are not happening right now. It's just becoming more fluid. I'm very grateful of that. I'm also grateful to everything that hasn't been great in my life because I think those have been real great teachers, master teachers, some of them, and just grateful in life for life. And all the people that I am able to, to meet on a regular basis, one, two retreats a month, and I'm able to see people. And, and I feel that, you know, it's, it's just bringing more people, more people into the tribe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you're, you're a bridge into the tribe and within the tribe. It's like you're a network <laughs> under yourself somehow, if that even makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, yeah. So you're grateful for the present moment very much, it sounds like, Mm -hmm. and for life in the present moment. In the present moment and moving 
moving forward, what, what are you creating with all of that gratefulness, all that life, all that presence with your tribe and your history? What are you creating? Mm-hmm. Are you creating, I, I would have to say patterns and maybe patterns of spiritual living, hmm. perhaps creating patterns for people to follow for people to get on them, to find their own path. But patterns of spiritual healing and spiritual outreach, in a sense, guiding, helping people to figure out that the way that we are living life in the system, with the conditioning of the system, and in such a materialistic way, it's it's just not the way of living. So we're getting sick physically, emotionally, spiritually, and we need to change. We need to change that. And the only way to do that is waking up and stop walking through life like sleepwalkers. We're such a catatonic society. So we need to wake up and to live life with intention and purpose. So I guess in a sense what I am creating is like patterns and samples. Hey, maybe this is the way that you need to go to find what you're looking for and creating opportunities. I I feel that the retreats that I have, that's, that's the purpose of my retreats. It seems like you're incredibly gifted and talented at pattern recognition in the first place. And then that you're turning around and trying to influence and shape some of the patterns of everyone around you. Tell me a little bit more about these retreats that you just mentioned. Oh, so these retreats are here in Puerto Vallarta for veterans, the spouses, and also for first responders that are, most of them, they, they have TBI, PTSD, or, you know, psychological trauma, sometimes just a lot of stress, chronic stress. Sometimes it's just a misalignment with the self. And that can confuse and diagnose with all kinds of mental disorders, right? But what it is in all tradition, I, I, I guess shamanic tradition or heal, all healer tradition, is just a misalignment with the true self. So this retreat, yes, you know, I offer five to seven days retreat where I do a lot of spiritual practices. I guess you can call it group therapy. I call it group activities. And also I, I, I do medicine the traditional way with a healer. And, um, and the idea, it is not so much about healing something. It's about people recognizing that they are misaligned with their true self. So in these retreats, we do a lot of group activities, a lot of introspection, a lot of mind-body technique, a lot of movement, somatic-based activities, and also we offer medicine, you know, psilocybin, toad, and ayahuasca. Those are the three medicines that we offer. So if I or a loved one wanted to connect with you about the retreats that you're running, how could I get more information about that? So right now, all the retreats are just for nonprofit. So they offer 
through organizations like the Siren Project for Firefighters, VETS, which is Veteran Exploring Treatment Solutions, Heroic Heart Project, All True, which is a female special operations community, and did I say the HOPE Project? Yeah, the Wilson. So I work with these five organizations, and they request retreats, and these, these are for nonprofit organizations. So if somebody would like to reach out and... I can put them in contact with one of these organizations and see which one will be able to uh, to send them. I currently don't do any any retreats for for profit. Sure. Yeah. Them. Absolutely. We'll we'll get website information and put it in the show notes for anybody that's interested in connecting with some of those uh, nonprofits so that they can experience some you know pattern making pattern transformation uh, with Dr. Andrea Lucy. So. That brings us all the way around to our fifth and final question. Who are you really, Dr. Lucy? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> That's one of my introspective practices in, that, that I do with my participants. It's just me, not even a person. It's just this, you know, persona, I think, is a, in relationship with the, with the ego. Just... Something, love, light, with <laughs> with a mind that I try not to use that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get where you're coming with from. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a heart that is, it, it, this is my mind connected to the sacred, to the divinity, great spirit, to you know what we call the collective consciousness. Just this little ball of energy. That's the way that I feel. A little ball of energy that is communicating with the senses. Somebody that or something that is so content. So content to be right here, right now, doing what I'm doing. That's it. (laughs) That's perfect. I couldn't possibly add anything to that. (laughs) Do you have anything else that you would like to tell our audience? (sighs) I guess it wouldn't be an advice. It's just not even a recommendation. It's just my opinion. It's my opinion. I know there is a lot of buzz, uh, you know, about the sacred medicine, psychedelic, and, and I will say just keep it real. Keep it sacred. Don't go out doing the medicine, you know, in any other way than it is in a spiritual way. The, the sacred medicine has a spirit. And it's incredibly healing. So if you decide to do sacred medicine, keep it sacred. Yeah, there's a lot of fake shamans everywhere. There's a lot of people that is profiting. And I really don't don't appreciate that. I left the US and I came to Mexico to do this so it can be done correctly. I know that some people can leave the country and, and go to other countries and have the medicine done the right way. But just make sure at least if you're going to do it on your own with friends that you keep it sacred, you know, bring great spirit, consciousness, God, whatever you want, whatever you want to call your sacred connection to it, whatever you want to call it, keep it sacred. And keep looking for the true sound because it's right here and we deviate from it. And that's what we suffer. Keep it sacred. I think somebody should put it on the T-shirt, but even more than that, I think we should all keep it on our hearts. 
Well, it's been an absolute honor to host you on the podcast and to hear a bit of your story. Thank you. On the contrary, thank you so much. Looking forward to continue talking with you. Yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. Doc out.